Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper. Playoff recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and of course to follow me on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. For tonight's episode, there's only one game on the agenda. Thankfully, I didn't have to make a separate video recapping the tragedy of a season that it would have been had the Clippers lost tonight. But I said in the last live, you know, I didn't think we'd, I really didn't think we'd win, but I did say I had a better feeling about it than the other two games because I've seen us go down in these type of situations. We did it against Utah, and we did it against the San, San Antonio Spurs in 2015. I know it's a totally different team, but the way this series has gone, I just had a feeling that we weren't going to lose that one. I'm more worried about Game 7, but let's get into the good stuff tonight. Clippers against Elimination. I said it was a Kawhi Leonard legacy game coming off that Game 5. He had a poor night. And I kept saying, you know, this is the night. This is the night where your Clipper legacy comes down to this. We lose tonight in the first round after last year and after everything that's been said this season about, oh, you know, uh, we're real, really focused. You know, that, that loss stuck with us. You know, we got a lot of making up to do. And to go out in the first round of the team you beat in the glorified summer league would just be a joke. And tonight, I immediately noticed one thing from the jump. Kawhi Leonard guarding Luka from the first quarter. And I thought it was just going to be, you know, we're going to throw at him, throw Kawhi at him more. Oh, no. Kawhi Leonard was going 90 style. Doing what a lot of people have said that he can't do because he'd get too tired. This is what I talk about with the excuses today's NBA. I'm not saying he needs to do that all the time. But this is when your season's on the line. He's got to be guarding Luka more. I didn't think he was going to go all game. That just shows what he's capable of. And I've said it multiple times on this show. Multiple. I hope I can find a video clip if I look hard enough. But when Kawhi guards the best player on the other team, it's like he's more engaged in the whole game. The whole energy changes and his whole energy changes. He doesn't get tired usually. He starts making more shots, weirdly. And... I don't know what it is. It's just a total different focus to the game when he's doing that. And he was guarding Luka. We were doing a lot more hedge and recover, which I've been suggesting the whole series. Uh, and we, you know, went with no Zoo. Zoo played very little today. He played only five minutes because I think Ty wanted to have a guy that was quick enough to show and quick enough to recover. And I think that Reggie, Marcus Moore Sr., they did a good job doing exactly that. And Kawhi did a good job getting over the screens. But in the first quarter, I saw Luka... You know, he got Marcus Morris Sr. on him on a couple switches, which I've said is okay. But he was cooking him, and he was making some tough shots. He even did a turnaround over his, for the first time over his left shoulder. And I was like, what the hell? But, man, he, was, he had some nice shots as usual. You know, he even had Paul George on him once and scored on him as well, I believe. And I just thought that we were getting good looks. In the zone in the beginning of the game. But again, Kawhi was being very facilitator mode in the beginning. We were missing a lot of open threes. Especially senior. You know, Paul George to start the game wasn't making too many shots. 
But you gotta get and Nick Batum as well. But you gotta give credit to Reggie Jackson, who absolutely carried us in that first quarter with 12 points, or it may have been 14, but I think it was 12 points. He made some huge shots in that first quarter. He was the one that got us going, and I was saying Kawhi, you know, maybe he needs to go to the high post. Like he needs to get going. He needs to work quicker off the catch. And because of Luca and Tim Hardaway Jr.'s barrage in that first quarter, we were down only by two, though. We responded well, only down 28-26. Second quarter, our great defense continued again, though. You know, I was getting very nervous at the fact that all season, best three-point shooting team of all time, cannot make a shot, you know, when, when we need it. Can't make the open shots. And that's mostly a guy like a Marcus Morris Sr., 0 of 3. Nick Batum tonight, 0 of 4 from the 3. You know, we started, and then we threw Luke Kennard in there. You know, with uh, he's only he hasn't played this series at all in real minutes, and Luke Kennard comes out there scared. He's got his, you know, that hesitancy we've talked about this season with Luke. You know, had a good one or two looks at a three, didn't want to take it. Got into the mid range area and didn't want to take it. Passed up an open shot for a Rondo three that missed. And Rondo again, you know, he only played he only played ten minutes because he just wasn't that great. He missed that three, and then he got to the rim. Kali Stein contested it well, and he missed. And I just thought that. We stuck the course defensively. That was the important thing. And I thought that Paul George started getting going more in that second quarter. But it was Kawhi Leonard. The thing that was pissing me off, though, was our free throws. Paul George missed two free throws in that first half, I believe. If I think, yeah, I think two free throws in that first half. May have been three. And Reggie Jackson missed one as well in that first half. And I was just like, these free throws are going to kill us. But... Kawhi Leonard decided to show up midway through that second quarter, and he started getting in his bag. He started making, you know, contested mid-ranges, and I just liked his aggression. Especially late in that fourth quarter, we got Luka in two, with two fouls, and a bonehead play Luka made, and this is going to come back to bite because we ended up winning the game. But a bonehead play Luka made was he was trying to foul hunt in that first half. Marcus Morris, Morris Sr. stood up straight. And, you know, it was just a little bit of a little contact, nothing enough to be called a foul. He misses, and, you know, he already has a foul, and he just frustration fouls Reggie Jackson in the backcourt. It's not the first time he's done it this series, but he was over the limit. The Mavs were over the limit. That gifted us points. So that was just, you know, frustration and immaturity from Luka being shown there in that second quarter. And overall... That ending to the second quarter was huge, especially from Kawhi. And, you know, he really, after that first quarter, kept Luka under wraps. And he did such a great job. And Luca started getting afraid of him. He started being afraid to attack him. And this is what we've been calling for all series. Like, literally all series. And it didn't hamper his offense at all. And we're going to get to that second half in just a second. But Clippers leading by three at the half. It was big time. 48-45. And again, let's look. be honest with yourselves, Mavs fans, and everybody watching this game. The only reason that this is possible, that we can go small ball and succeed like this, is because Chris Porzingis is terrible for what he supposed what he could be he does not know how to use his size he's not a threat in the post at all he's seven foot three and we're out there with Marcus Morris Sr. and Batum at the fives it's just quite embarrassing Boban is much better at using his size than him there were just a couple of moments especially in the beginning of that third quarter where or I don't know if it was I think yeah no it was the third quarter but there were a couple of moments where Boban just missed some chippies but the third quarter the start of it was terrible for the Clippers and it almost cost us again it was that third quarter last game that dug us a hole and this game we were starting to do it too careless with the ball Paul George could not buy one he missed more free throws you know Reggie Jackson was making some threes but also taking some stupid shots as usual you know going ISO a little too much 
Marcus Morris Sr. wasn't hitting. And one thing that killed us, we were trapping Luka a lot more on screen and roll too. A lot of hedge and recover, but a couple blitzes, as, as you saw as well, with two guys just running straight at him. And a lot of it is because we know that Boban isn't quick enough to get to the ball, turn, dribble downhill, and make a read. He's not a Draymond Green. He's not even a Rudy Gobert in that instance. Even though Rudy's got, he's gotten better at it, he's no Draymond. Draymond is the first one that comes to mind in those situations, you know, four on three when Steph is getting trapped and they throw it to him to make a read. Boban, we have time to recover. But there was a problem when we were trapping and Luka was making some nice passes right on the dots of Boban down low. And the guys rotating were your Rondos, your Reggie Jacksons. And, but you know, he was just putting him over chairs. And we were going down and I was thinking to myself, Ty calls a timeout. We're down like four points in that third quarter. Put in Zubats. He comes out and he doesn't because I think that he doesn't want to have Zubats on the court with Luka at all to get hunted in that pick and roll. I'm wondering why he doesn't trust him to hedge and recover against a Boban. But, hey, man, we won the game, so I'm going to trust Coach Lou on this one. And we, we came out pretty decently. The only thing was Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, he was just incredible tonight. And I'd make the argument that he may have been their best player tonight. But Luka still somehow... Had 29 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists, and 4 steals. But I don't know, man. After that first quarter, it just wasn't coming much. It wasn't that scary from Luka. Three turnovers. But Tim Hardaway Jr., 23 points. And some of the shots he was making, just threes quick off the catch with a solid contest in there, were just incredible. He ended up shooting 4 of 11 from 3 because in that fourth quarter, he missed some big ones. But he was 9 of 19 overall, including an and one that put him up 85-84. But... Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi. I didn't know what we were in for in that second half. My word. That was Bean-esque. I criticized him that he thought he was Bean in that last game. And he literally, this was Jordan-esque, honestly, the way he guarded the entire game. I got to give him all the credit in the world. Uh, he's kind of won me over tonight. But here's the thing. If he chokes in game seven, it doesn't matter. But let's just appreciate the performance tonight. I will say this. That jersey is coming out of the closet. I am wearing it to Game 7 because he earned it after that performance. That took so much guts. You do not see that in the modern NBA. When a guy guards the best player the entire game, let alone at the end of a game, let alone one half, he guarded him the entire game and he went to Toronto style. Everything you want. You know, mid-range. Uh, I loved how he was depending on that mid-range. And then when they went to the zone, we went a lot more Kawhi at the high post. I've been saying that. All, I think all, not all series, but since I said that last game, that I didn't like Kawhi facilitating. I want Kawhi in that high post so he can turn and go to that mid-range. A couple times he was able to get Boban one-on-one, and I thought that he was just carrying us in that second half when Paul George was struggling, especially in that third quarter. And Reggie was starting to make some bonehead maneuvers, and I just was a little nervous. I just thought our season was crumbling because the momentum was going against us, and he made some shots similar to Devin Booker last night where he just did not let the momentum ride. And he made a, some huge shots. Some of them on just, you know, one-on-one -on -one attacking and in his bag. He had a little wiggle to his game. He was just having one of those nights. One of those nights where everything was going no matter the degree of difficulty. Whether it was a pull-up over Luka with a good contest in there from like 18 feet. Or that one on Finney Smith where he just, you know, hit him with a couple of combos. You know, tween, cross, step back. Created so much separation. It was just beautiful. Crossover for a step back three. And it was incredible. It was just incredible. Every time the Mavs made a run, he answered the call. And then when he sat out for those brief minutes in the beginning of that fourth quarter, by the way, I thought that following the timeout when I thought Zoo should have came in, Marcus Morris Sr., despite having the worst game offensively that I've seen him have for the Clippers, probably, 
going 1-for-10 and 0-of-3 from 3, and that has to change in Game 7. He has been poor shooting the ball in this series, and I hate it. And he is not good at driving to the basket. He's much better at shooting jumpers. One thing I cannot stand that he's not doing in this series, why is he turning down that mid-range jumper that he's hit all season long? It's really pissing me off because you know how I feel about them neglecting the mid-range for this analytics trash garbage. You got to hit that in the playoffs. That's your shot. That's high percentage, bro. Stop fiending. Stop fiending. Make that shot. Take that shot. But anyway, Marcus Morris Sr. played the best defensive game he's ever played for the Clippers. He did a great job showing on Luka. He did a great job. I said last game, I think Batum should guard the five-man, not Sr. Because he can't rebound. But tonight, (coughs) he was fighting very hard. The hardest I've ever seen him fight on the glass against Boban. You've got to give him all the credit in the world. He was having active hands just wrestling down there with him. And he did a great job helping on certain moments and just being in the right places on defense. And he usually can be a little slow-footed. And he did a great job on Luka as well in the second half and just over the course of the game. Marcus Morris Sr. deserves a lot of credit for his defensive performance tonight. But that Kawhi guy. And by the way, in that moment, Paul George in that fourth quarter, when it looked like the playoff team... Playoff P memes were going to come out in full force. The slander would have been endless. Even though he hasn't had a bad game really in the entire series. Seven huge points in that fourth quarter. Jumpers. I think he made. I don't know if he made a three. I think he did make a three. It was just massive. Massive the points he had in that fourth. And then Kawhi Leonard. Taking the game by the scruff of the neck. Doing what a superstar does that step back three on Luca man that was cold that was a taste of his own medicine and I love and I talked about it in the last game I absolutely love how we went at Luca more defensively in this game we should have been doing this all series that's my one problem is that these are such obvious things that we could have been doing more like playing Kawhi and Luca more hedging and recovering every screen instead of switching so easily I mean so so obvious that it could come back to bite us that we didn't make these adjustments quick enough but it was just an unbelievably resilient performance again by the Clips. I just think that it all starts with how we start the game defensively. Here's the thing. This Mavs team clearly is a good first quarter team. But if we put more pressure on them defensively and don't gift them things, the whole course of the game will change. We give them too much confidence in the games at home. I don't know what's, why we come out complacent or whatnot. But it's just absolutely huge. And Kawhi Leonard after 90-88 to hit that pull-up. And then that, you know, that step back three, two step back threes in a row, I believe. Just incredible. Icing the game, going at Luka and telling him, you know what? I'm supposed to guard you, but you can't guard me. And you don't have that pressure that I have. You may have to create a lot of shots for your team. A lot of thing is he chooses to do that. You know, Luka, the way he plays is so ball dominant. Nobody gets involved. They don't try to make Porzingis better. They don't try to spread the wealth throughout a game because he's so OP in that pick and roll. The problem with him is a similar thing I criticized LeBron for. He stands at half court when he doesn't have the ball. He's even worse. He's like LeBron when he was young. He just stands at half court. He doesn't get involved. It's just there's no flow. It's like it's either Luka creating or someone else is creating and Luka's just standing around. That's just not... It's not cohesive basketball. It's not great team basketball. The ball's never moving like that with the Mavs. It's very stagnant. It's just how do I guard this great player? As I said, that's not a recipe for success. It can work at a certain level, but once you get against the team that really moves the ball and really clamps down, you're fucked. The problem with us is we haven't figured out that clamp down part. 
to uh, until now. And you could tell that Luka was starting to get intimidated by Kawhi. And Kawhi just... It was a legacy game, man. And he performed to the best of his abilities. He gave it everything he had. And uh, he earned that game seven, man. And I'm going to chant MVP for him the loudest can be. And I'm going to be in that lower bowl at game seven. This is going to be my fourth game seven. Um, we're two and one in the games I've been to. The only loss coming against Utah. And it was a 12-30 game. So I don't know if that's a good sign. We suck in those 12-30 games. But we also didn't have Blake Griffin. And it's also a different scenario. At the end of the day, this is what you play for. A game seven at your home court to decide the season. This is going to be the only one we can have. Because we don't have a better record than any other team going forward, really. Yeah, we don't. We don't have a better record than the Jazz. We don't have a better record than the Nuggets or the Suns. So this is going to be the last, the only chance we have of a game seven at home here. We need to win. This is it. Paul, George, and Kawhi in front of the home fans. What absolutely sucks is the fans. We don't have that many, which is just blows, just absolutely blows. But no excuses. You're in the home environment. You're not in a hostile Dallas. Win one home game for us, please. Give everything you have, just like they did tonight. You know, Kennard was diving for loose balls tonight. Paul George was diving for loose balls tonight. And here's the thing. We gave them so many chances to win this game in terms of the amounts uh, the amounts that we turned the ball over the free throws we missed we made a lot of careless errors still a lot of mental mistakes and bad shots at bad times especially in that third quarter but because Kawhi was so damn brilliant so damn brilliant we got the job done and you got to give him credit man i'm not going to fully apologize cuz we haven't gotten at that second round but Kawhi Leonard man he won me over with that. That took a lot of guts. And that was just Kobe-esque, man. Jordan, that's just the passion. You still, and he didn't show it in his like voice, but the way he played, he did it. He led by example. And, you know, we want to talk about a leader. Kawhi may not be the most vocal leader in the world. Well, the, his performance spoke more than he could ever speak tonight. The, it was just incredible. It was just incredible. It topped even Chris Paul in Game 5 at San Antonio. And game five, or game, I'm sorry, game six against San Antonio and game six against Utah. It was just unbelievable. And Paul George performing in that fourth quarter. Marcus Morris Sr. on defense. Ty Lue, adjustments were good. Just less mental mistakes. Kawhi being aggressive again, like I said. Kawhi guarding Luka. Maybe he has to do that again. I mean, why not? You're going to have to give it all, put it all on the line. So, I'm just blessed, man. To be at a game seven after the year that we've had. It's just a blessing. It's a t it's a great time to be alive. Great time to be supporting my clips. My fourth game seven of my life. I've had some great memories at game sevens. This is it, man. This is it. Go two and zero against the Mavs all time in playoffs. We got to do this. Utah is gonna be rested. That's the only thing about this. Utah is gonna be rested, and this is why I said it could have been. It was still could be come back to bite us that we wanted to play Dallas because I said I thought we were going to win the series no questions before it started. I didn't think we were going to be in this this roller coaster of a ride, but you know, as a Clipper fan, I should have expected something like that. But I'll say this. I said it it may take us 6 or 7 and that sucks because the Jazz are going to win in 4 or 5 games and they did. And that Utah crowd is going to be tough, but hopefully we'll get more fans if we make it. But here we go. One damn game. Anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. The season is alive. The Clippers stay alive. You Laker fans that wanted us to lose and other ones that were talking shit in the comments, you guys, Luke is going to sun you tonight. I hope you're miserable tonight. And how you're enjoying the fishing trip. One, two, three, Cancun. Let's see if we join you on, uh, on Sunday afternoon. 
Now we're going to go to the live chat. 60 subscribers waiting so patiently.